Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello and welcome to show number 382 from Engage for Success. Today's topic is the forgotten path to profit people namely. Uh, And I'm going to be joined shortly by uh, this week's special guest, Danny Haddas, who is founder of the Movation Project. And we're going to be discussing the subject, but I know we're having one or two technical challenges. So um, if you would just hold on a moment or two, we are trying to resolve those. Otherwise, we will have to uh, re-upload this show um, at a later date. So just just, uh, sit tight. Um, And if we can't resolve it within a minute or two, I'll let you know and uh, let you know to come back later. Thank you. We're having one more go, folks, so bear with us. And um, hopefully Danny will be joining us in a moment. Uh, So I'm your host for today's show. Let's uh, see. He's just appeared. Let's see if we can hear each other. I can hear you. Aha. He's here. It works? It works. (laughs) We're we're good. We're good. So apologies, everybody, for a slightly delayed start to today's show, but I guarantee it's going to be worth it. Anyway, Dan has got a good excuse, and I'm going to tell you what that is in a moment. So uh, I'm Jo Moffett, and uh, welcome, properly welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 382 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on great practice. Visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. I'm Jo Moffat, one of the regular hosts and managing director and founder of Woodread. Uh, Woodread's a specialist ad agency, and we work with clients to help them use their brand and the techniques of employee engagement to create high-performing cultures inside their organizations. So today we're going to be discussing empowering your teams to power up your profits. And I'm very pleased to welcome Danny Haddas, who is founder of the Emovation Project. Um, and I'm going to tell you the excuse for Danny, because Danny got married on Friday. So <laughs> congratulations, Danny. I reckon that's messed with all your settings and your technical technical malarkey and that's what caused the problem so but you're forgiven because you know my, my goodness you got married on friday when you're on engaged for success radio on the monday what what devotion to duty that is <laughs> thank you i appreciate that yes it seems that marriage is <laughs> so, all great my time you. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it's going to be the story of your life from here on you know that don't you <laughs> married life messes with your settings so well, anyway, we've got it. you now, Danny. So thank you for joining us. And thank you for, for taking the time to join us at, at this really, you know, obviously very special time for you, for you guys. And congratulations to you and your, and your wife. So um, apart from the congratulations on your new married state, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? Sure, sure. So um Personally, born and raised in New York, and I've spent time uh, all over the United States in Philadelphia, in Los Angeles, and now I'm home in uh, Orlando, Florida, where my wife and I live. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I have an identical twin brother, if everyone wants to know that. And oh, really? uh, 
<laughs> yes, identical. He looks just like me. I, he hope, he is, uh, at, I hope he wasn't at the wedding. Otherwise, he could have ended in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> Joe, you know what I have to tell you? Nobody was at the wedding. You know, we are still dealing with this pandemic. And so my wife and I got married at a customer service window at a courthouse. And nobody else oh. was there. So we were masked up. It was very different than what we expected. But it was beautiful nonetheless. That's about, it's just a bit about me personally, professionally. And I gather that's what you really meant by the background. Professionally, I've been in management consulting since 2008. And I have had the extreme privilege of working with some of the world's most iconic brands. Disney, BMW, Johnson & Johnson, AT&T. The list goes on. But I now work with small businesses with teams of 10 to 50 on empowering their people so they can power up the profits, like you said. So that's a bit about me uh, professionally and personally. Okay, that's quite a niche, isn't it? Ten, very, very different, very different to those big global PLCs that you, that you kind of cut your teeth on. Yes, it is very different. It is. And I found that the challenges, you know, it's, it's really interesting. The challenges that a business with 10 to 50 people deals with is very similar to the same kinds of challenges a specific department or team would deal with in a large Fortune 500 company. You know, teams that can mm-hmm. be anywhere from 10 to 50 people as well, sometimes more. And so the mm-hmm. challenges are very transferable and very similar, uh, but the leadership structure is so different, and it really allows me to have the impact I've always wanted to have in consulting. Mm. And, and, and within those sort of, that sort of niche of between 10 and 50 people, does it tend to be that you're dealing with the owner? Of, I mean, is it, it, when a company is that sort of size, is it very much the person that gan it that is still uh, running things? It is. It is very much the person who's, who founded the company. And very often they don't have middle management or levels of leadership that would support them in fulfilling the mission of their company in the first place. So, yeah, often it is working directly with the owner, the founder or their co-founders mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK. OK. Now, um, we've been it is nearly 12 months, um, nearly 12 months that we've been dealing with the pandemic um, in the in certainly in the in the Western world. I mean, longer than that, obviously, um, in Asia. Um, and every show that I have done over that time, um, I have asked my guests just to just to position a little bit for us and for our listeners, just to position a little bit of what the impact of COVID has been on the workplaces that they're involved with. So what, what, I mean, obviously you've told me the impact of COVID on your personal circumstances, getting married at a customer service window in the courthouse. Um, tell us a little bit about how you've seen COVID play out in the workplaces where you've had connections. Definitely. So the main, the main thing that I would say COVID has really shined a light on is leadership. Mm-hmm. And because of the pandemic, you either see your leaders shine or you see your leaders struggle. Now, I want to be clear. I wouldn't expect anybody to know the first thing about how to deal with COVID-19. And it would test anybody's leadership capabilities. And yet there are people who can lead through something like this. And there are people who don't yet have those skills. And um, the clearest example I can give of leadership that sticks and leadership that makes a difference is with my uh, my late uncle Andrew's company, he, um, he had a business for about 30 years that it was, he bought from his father and mm-hmm. he led this incredible import export business. And he had a small team of about 10 people and mm-hmm. he actually contracted the disease, uh, the virus, I should say. And he passed away from it in early April. His team recorded record numbers, record performance 
in the wake of his passing. And that's only possible because of the way he led his team. See, there are leaders who can create that kind of legacy of leadership because they know how to be with their people and lead their people through anything. And then there are people still trying to figure that out. And I think, if anything, the pandemic has really shined a light on which leaders you've got in your organization. The ones who can lead through this kind of challenge and lead and lead their teams to unprecedented results. And the ones who get mired down in the details and the everyday operational challenges that really set, can set their teams back and really end up having businesses uh, perform poorly as a result. And I, I think that's the one thing, Joe, that I would really point to is leadership has been, there's a huge light shining on leadership as a result of COVID. And that's why I love the work I do, because I get to work with leaders on elevating their leadership so their businesses can perform no matter what. Because at the end of the day, whether it's COVID or some other challenge, it's still people getting their jobs done that create results. That's never going to change no matter what we're dealing with. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Danny, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and uh, you know, obviously from a, you know, very close to home from a personal perspective and, um, you know, a powerful story for, for us to listen to. So thank you for, for doing that. Uh, do, do you think the skills are innate in, in, in you know, somebody like your uncle? Did, was, he, was he just that way? Or have he learned that over time? I don't think they're innate. I think people, I, I, I think, I think we're born with a blank slate and I think that our environment nurtures us and gives us the tools that we need to grow and be with other people. In my uncle's case, you know, he's gregarious and fun loving and just is curious about people and cares about people mm-hmm. and really wants to mm-hmm. see people succeed. And I don't think mm-hmm. that that's innate. I think that's developed, you know, and I think that's that low. anyone can develop yeah. those skills. Definitely. But it takes a degree of self-awareness, doesn't it? To understand in the first place, whether you actually have those skills or not, and, a, and, a, and, a, and an honesty of self-reflection to say, well, actually, I probably am falling short here. I need to do something about it. I need to learn. Yes. And, and Joe, that's, that's, you know, the first place that someone like me can engage with someone is finding out whether or not their people feel as though their leaders have what it takes to really lead them to success. And often it's the case that you need a mirror held up to you before you can really begin to see, I'm not going to call them shortcomings, yeah. but opportunities really to develop so, that leadership. Uh, areas yeah. where, where work is needed. And we're, we're going to come on in a minute, I'm sure, to talk about, I'm going to ask you, I'm curious to understand where the name of your, your business comes from, but we'll, we'll hold that back for a moment. Um, because I think I'm probably going to, I think I know where we might go with that, but let, let's just start off then. Um, if, if a business owner is listening to this, and we will have business owners listening to this because we have leadership teams of organizations and businesses of all shapes and sizes um, are involved with engagement success and listen to what we have to say um, in the movement. So business owners who are listening, and, and, and actually, of course, it, it isn't just business owners, is it? it as you said, it's, the, uh, it's very similar challenges to a department or a team. Um, so what is the number one rule that... Uh, a business owner or a departmental leader or a team leader should follow to make sure they can achieve the success that they, that they would want? That's a great question. There really only is one rule that, that I say, and that's people, power, profit. Now, that may sound like three nouns, but it's not. It's a noun and a verb and a noun. People, power, profits. Or said another way, people, power, your profits, your people, your okay. employees. They okay. power your profit. Yeah. Your people power right, so it's your not profit. Three, you, it's not three themes or three pillars. It is, a, it is a statement of fact. It's a statement of fact. That's right. That's right. And I, yeah. I remember having a conversation with a client, and I asked him, I said, 
so where do your profits come from? And he said, well, our, our products and services. And I said, okay, well, who performs your products and services? Well, everyone, our people. That's right, your people. In fact, you can't perform product, products and services without them. So really, it's, they come from one place. It always comes back down to people. Even if you offer software as a service, that software is running and being managed and being maintained by people. <laughs> okay, so if that's a statement of fact, is that, is that a... It, and it's a, it, it obviously has to be a belief. If we're going to do this, you have to, you have to buy into that belief. Um, does that drive a, a process? It certainly can. So if, if, if you are someone who can really take on that your people power your profit, then there is a, a way you can lead that really unleashes your people to perform so that you can maximize your profit. But it all has to start with your focus on people, not product, not the bottom line, not revenue, mm -hmm. but with people. And when you focus on people in a very particular way, you can really create a win-win-win for you, for your employees, and for your customers. And that's what how businesses grow. That is how businesses right. grow. When your employees are satisfied, your customers are satisfied, and then you as the business owner, you're satisfied. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and so... You, I'm, I'm going to come to my question that I was holding back um, a, a moment ago. Your organization is called the Emovation Project. Um, yes. What is, what is that then? Is, is, is there something, is there, would I be right in guessing there's maybe something to do with emotional intelligence in that? Well, I, I, don't, I personally don't call it emotional intelligence. I think that term, <laughs> that term can be interpreted and misinterpreted, and, and, and there's like an... Uh, there's a already existing preconceived notion about what that means. And so emovation does include emotions. So it's the combination to play on the two words, emotions and innovation. And specifically emovation means innovation powered by emotions. And when you lead focused on the way your employees feel, that is what unlocks a new type of leadership that creates a new type of results for you and your business. Okay. Okay. So how do you, how do you focus on how you're, you know, what do you need to do to focus on making sure your people are feeling the way they need to feel to unleash all this success? It is a great question. It's the same question. It's the same question that all my clients ask. So it always starts with, well, how are your people feeling today at work with you, you know, in their interactions with you, in the, inter in, in the interactions with their team or their managers? How are they feeling and often you find that people feel unappreciated. They don't feel heard. They don't feel valued. They don't feel important. What they do feel is disposable. And so that's the case often with almost all of my clients. And the work we do is to say, all right, well, how would you want them to feel? And I remember speaking with um, my very first client in the space, his name Peter. And Peter said to me, he goes, you know, Danny, when I was working by myself, I was making three times as much as what I'm making now that I have a team. Now, why is that? I said, well, how are your people feeling? So we did a survey to find out. We found as people were feeling what I said, unimportant, not seen, not listened to, discouraged. And I said, listen, Peter, imagine you had the business of your dreams. You know, you're making the kind of money you want. You're living the kind of lifestyle you want. And your people made it possible. How would you want them to feel? And he said, oh, I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel appreciated. I want them to feel celebrated. I want them to feel taken care of. I said, great. All right. Well, when's the last time you did anything to have them feel that way? <laughs> and there was silence and he goes, 
I can't remember. I don't think I've done a damn thing to make that happen. I said, yeah, exactly. So we worked together to have his people feel cared for and listened to and supported and empowered. And he doubled his revenues last year, doubled year over year. And that's, so that's, so the first question, Joe, is um, how are they feeling today? And Mm -hmm. the next question is, well, how do you want them to feel? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the, those are the first two steps of the emovation methodology. You, You ask about the situation today and then you answer the question, well, how do I want them to feel? And answering that question allows you to create a new foundation for performance, for leadership, really. So you, you start by asking about the situation. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Next, you jump to, well, how do I want them to feel? What's, the, what's, my, what's my foundation for leadership and performance in the future? That, those are the first two steps. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you, you're saying that the, the emovation is this fusion of emotion and innovation, that the emotion, how people feel powers the innovation. So how do, you, how do you then unleash that innovation? How do you guide that innovation towards successful, being successful? Right, right. So what does it actually look like? So the last part is, so the first two parts really getting information. The last part is called activation. And it's making good on your promise to have people feel a certain way. And so one of the, another, another client of mine said to me, she's like, well, you know, I can't really bring innovation to my company. You know, every time I ask people to do something new and, you know, just for the record, I, I define innovation the way the dictionary does, which is bringing something new to a space. It's not some right. crazy term. It's really just bringing something new. So she said, I, I can't innovate because when I reach out to my people, they don't even read what I say. I said, well, how are you reaching out? Well, I send them a monthly newsletter and I have a 50% open rate on the monthly newsletter. And I said, okay, well, have you considered engaging with your people one-on-one on a regular basis? Say monthly, each person meets with you once a month for 30 minutes. Well, no, I hadn't considered that. Okay. And have you considered having a monthly team meeting? Now, these things may seem rudimentary and yet you'd be surprised at how many people don't think to do that kind of work. And if you are leading a business of 10 to 50 people, your people are craving your attention. They're craving time with you for validation, for acknowledgement, for coaching, for your leadership. And if you don't interface with them, you won't get the kinds of results that you want. If you don't engage with them, you won't get the kinds of results that you want. And in every case, whether my client's been a holistic wellness practice or an audiovisual company or an air conditioning company or a counseling practice or even a Fortune 500 brand, It's the companies that engage with their people regularly to drive conversations about what's working and what's not working as well as it could in the business that really can create innovation because that's what creates the space and the access to innovation is finding out from your people what's not working well as well as it could and what is working so we can build from that. Those conversations are the seeds of innovation and those kinds of conversations are the ones that have your people feel seen, heard, important, and valued. And that's how you get the beginnings of emovation. Are you starting to see the, 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 the yeah, path yeah. there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it absolutely chimes with, with what we talk about at Engage for Success, which is the importance of employee voice. And, and, and that's not, that doesn't mean doing a survey every year or every couple of years and ticking a box and saying we've done you know we've done the survey job done it means actively listening to your people and recognizing that very often the people doing the job on the front line those closest to the processes are also the ones who are best able to see where things can be done better 
Or I couldn't agree more. Best, best place to spot when something is about to go horribly wrong as well. Definitely, definitely. And, and too often that our leaders, and let me know, for those, for those of you listening, this might, <laughs> this might be something you can resonate with. You feel like you've got to do everything on your own. You feel like you're doing uh, more than you signed up for. You're working so much in your business. You don't have any time to work on your business. Your people aren't showing up with the same passion and fire that you have. If that's you, there's likely a, some sort of gap. You know, that's what I find with my clients. There's some sort of gap in their ability to scale their leadership so that their people show up in a way that creates the results they're longing for. But it's that engagement. I mean, so aptly named your, your podcast and your organization, Engage for Success. It's that engagement that does breed the success you're looking for. Yes, yes. I mean, one, it's interesting, actually. One of our founders, um, Nita Clark, who, who wrote the original Engaging for Success um, uh, report from which the movement grew, talks about your people as being the best, uh, the best fire alarm that a business can have. And, and, you know, if you look at almost every, uh, all the corporate scandals in recent years, and there could just me, there have been a few, haven't there? Um, if you were actually to talk to the people involved, they'd say, oh, well, yeah, we knew about that. We knew that was happening. We knew that was going to happen. We knew that was about to happen. Um, but nobody ever asks or speaks to them or wants to know that information until it's too late. So Unfortunately. do you think, Danny, um, this is particularly, it's become harder as a result of workforces being dispersed and people very often working from home, you know, the, in the current climate, has it made it, has it made it harder or has the application of technology perhaps made it easier to have those one-to-one conversations? You know, I think that, whether it's harder or easier is it's really up for interpretation. And my view on it is that it's unchanged. What the, the okay. effort required to make it happen is unchanged. And the importance of it is elevated beyond uh, levels we've ever seen. Now more than okay. ever, it's so, so critical that you make time. If you're leading your business, whether you're leading a team of 50 in a fortune 500 company or a team of 100, whatever it might be, it's more yeah. important than ever that you're making time to meet with your people. If you consider yourself a leader and you don't make concerted effort to meet with your people, then who are you leading? Leadership is about people. So if you can't make time to meet with your people, then who are you leading? And so I would say, Joe, again, the effort is the same, but the importance is more critical than ever. Because we are so isolated physically, it's more important than ever to create that time to connect, to have those conversations about what's working, what's not working, not just in the workplace, and by workplace, of course, now it's virtual, not just at work and what we're doing in our daily work, but what's not working, what's working in our lives. When people can connect on a personal level with their uh, colleagues and their managers, it really allows for a new kind of communication, a new kind of collaboration, and a larger sense of trust. And, like, you know, you, you hear all sorts of people talk about psychological safety and trust in, in work today. It is so yes. important, and those conversations allow that to be fostered. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? It's um, it's almost like yes, the, the, as you say, it's more important than ever. Um, the technology perhaps is there to help us, which can help counter the physical challenges and the fact that people are no longer necessarily in the same place. Um, but equally, it, it's very easy for people to feel that they still don't have the skills to do it and um, how, could, how can they be authentic and how, you know, how do they 
how do they strike up some kind of um, one-to-one conversation with a workforce with individuals in a workforce where they perhaps never done it before I mean is that is that a is that a a barrier that people will think oh well I've I've never been like this and now you're asking me to be be something I'm not and they'll think I'm they'll think I'm fake um they'll wonder what's happened to me you know how do you how do you address that one Danny? I love that question, Joe. And uh, the way I would coach anyone. So, and I've, I've had clients. In fact, one of my counseling client now is in the same boat. So she said, you know, I've never done this before. And how do I make sure people don't think I'm just trying to get something new from them or have them work harder? And I said, well, you just acknowledge what's already there. What's already there is you've never asked them to meet with you one-on-one. What's already there is you've been leading the company for seven years and you've never made time like this for them. And so I'll say something like mm-hmm. this. Hey, I've never asked to meet with you one-on-one. And I acknowledge that that actually could create any sort of space between us that I hadn't accounted for. You might feel this is awkward. You might feel this is weird. And this is now I'm going to stepping outside the the mock for for a second. This is where the emovation part comes in because you get to share what your commitment is, what your intention is. So you'd say all that and you'd say something like, but my commitment is, is that we create these conversations once a month so that you can feel heard and valued and that you have a voice. And that I can listen to what's going on with you in the workplace and in your daily you know, work so that together we can really have you, uh, have you experience whatever it is you want to experience here working with together. And see, right there, you, you disarm someone. You, you let them know what yeah. your intention is. You let them know that, no, you haven't done this before. And you might even feel a little bit awkward about it. And you recognize that. But here's what you want moving forward. And that's, the, that's the recipe for success right there. It's transparency. It's vulnerability. And that's what real leadership to me is. It's transparency, vulnerability, and communication. If you can practice those yeah. three things, you will up-level your leadership in, in an exponential way. It's, a, it's an honesty to it, isn't there? And, a, and a, as you said, transparency about it. Do you think, um, we were talking at the beginning about is this, is this innate or is this learned? Um, do you think some leaders, people leaders, are lucky enough to have worked themselves for people that demonstrate these qualities and therefore they kind of almost absorb them through osmosis whereas other people who perhaps their professional career has been in an environment where this has not been present need to um, be a little bit more active about learning it. Yes I do think that you can have both situations in the case where you're not in an environment that would allow you to, as you said, learn through osmosis, then yes, there are avenues you can take to acquire the skills you need to lead your people in an effective way, for sure. Interesting. Do you, can you share with us, um, Danny, have you, are you able, and without sort of obviously breaching any confidentialities, but are you able to share any examples of where you've, where you've been able to work with, an, with a, a leader to take them from a position where something really wasn't wasn't going right you ask the questions you challenge them you go through the process and then you get to some quite significant change absolutely so I, I, would, I would definitely highlight my counseling client um, she shared with me that she's had her business for seven years and her people just never do what she wants them to do and it's it's, a, it's slowing her down she doesn't have the kind of uh, income she really wants she doesn't have the lifestyle that she really wants she doesn't have the results that she really wants and meanwhile her people are kind of settling for current state. This was the person who I said, you know, was reaching out once a month via an email newsletter. A newsletter, yeah. Right. So the first step was ask about the current situation. So we surveyed her employees and found out exactly what I expected, which was 
her people wanted more time with her. They wanted more time with the leader of the organization. This is a company of 20 people. They wanted more time. They wanted to feel like they had a relationship, a connection. A lot of them complained that she managed remotely and managed from afar, and they never got any FaceTime with her, and they felt she was disconnected. So uh-huh. we got her connected. She started meeting with people, and the returns have been incredible. All of a sudden, she's thinking about new ways to engage her people, new ways to train them, new ways to empower them. Her people are showing right. up in a more powerful way, ready to listen to her coaching, ready to listen to her mission, her vision, what she, wants to, what she sees for the future of the company. And we've only been working together for five weeks now. Now, our, our right. engagement is going to be for 12. And by the time she's done with that, I think her business will be in a brand new place. She's trying to set up a third location this year. We're going to do that and more. So that's just one example of, you know, you ask about the situation, you set a new foundation for how you want people to feel, and then you start taking actions. For her, it was very simple. Okay, interesting. Okay, we, we literally um, up against the clock now because we started to tad late. So um, one very quick question for you. If there was one thing that you would like listeners to take away from having heard your, your thoughts around this uh, for the last half hour, Danny, what would it be? If you don't currently meet with your people once a month for at least 30 minutes, or if you are meeting with people regularly, please put these questions in. What is working in your role and here at work and what's not working as well as it could? And what would you do about that? What's working? What's not working as well as it could? And what would you do about that? If you're not asking those questions, you're not making use of your time with your people. And if you're not meeting with your people, please meet with them. (laughs) Excellent. Now that's, that's very, it's so simple, isn't it? So simple and, and, and so, so powerful. Um, so thank you, Danny. Danny Hadders, founder of the Innovation Project. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for listening. Um, you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive uh, at any time. And uh, thank you for listening to Engage for Success Radio. And thank you, Danny. You're very welcome. Joe, can Engage I just share with you how they can reach out to me? Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a Engage Annie, for Success there? Radio. Raising- I'm here. Sorry. Yeah, I, the little bit, um, the, the, the end clip, uh, the end lo- um, jingle came in. Yes, of course. We were a bit late starting. So please, um, if people were to pick up with you and have a conversation about any of these themes, how can they do that? Absolutely. If you want to have a conversation about your business and what works for you and what doesn't work as well as it could, please visit Calendly.com forward slash Emovation. There you can book a time. and I'd love to chat with you. Okay, lovely. Thank you uh, once again for joining us today and thank you for listening, folks. And uh, this is now the proper closing jingle. Thank you. (laughs) Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.